0: It has been three years since composer, pianist, educator Darryl Grant visited the cafe at Artichoke Music. He's so busy and prolific it seems like we could have him on once a month. Of course, he is still a tenured professor of jazz studies and associate director of the School of Music at Portland State University, but I also like to think of him in the true New Orleans use of the word professor when it comes to pianists, one of great respect. He released a new album this week called Our Mr. Jackson, honoring not only the Modern Jazz Quartet and Milk Jackson, But beloved Portland drummer, the late Carlton Jackson, who plays on the album along with Marcus Shelby and Mike Horsfall. It's a beautiful album. Let's find out all about it. Professor Daryl Grant, (laughs) welcome to the Artichoke Cafe. Hey, thank
1: you, Tom. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. It's been a little while. Yes, yeah. yeah.
0: It's always nice to see you. And you just, you just, you're the busiest guy in town. I don't know about that. Um, I think. I, <laughs> sometimes I, I think so, and yeah. <laughs> sometimes I think And uh, this, this time of year, you're just, you know, you're getting all your classes set up and everything, right? Yeah,
1: school is rolling around. I was, was thinking about that this morning. It's like I was actually doing a little bit of the math, and um, I realized that, you know, since I was five years old, except for <laughs> 10 years in New York yeah. and two sabbaticals every single September I've been in school for my entire life Jeez. I was like whoa how did that I was never a lover of school so I don't know I wouldn't have predicted that for myself wow, but huh. yeah yeah every single fall man
0: including this one including this one yeah What yeah. what is it that you have to do
1: Ah, uh, well I have to get ready to teach you know it's like it's like you know, warming up for a gig. I mean, first of all, I've got to prepare my classes. Sure. A lot of the, um, you know, sort of go through the the 10 weeks and Mm -hmm. the the syllabus and sort of get figure out what the reading's going to be, who are the guest speakers going to be, what am I going to teach them in this (laughs) hour and a half, you know, various various things, you know, for all the different classes, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll pick some of the listening. I mean, sometimes the jazz classes, you can kind of be off the cuff you can respond and I, I enjoy those but the yeah. academic classes is like you, you get up there and they're looking at you you're supposed to know what
0: <laughs> what you're telling them you can't
1: always say so what do you guys want to talk about today <laughs>
0: yeah there's a lot less improvisation well there is but it's it's well, yeah, from, it's yeah. from
1: a framework like you got to have a kind of have a set list yeah. in a lot of a lot of those situations
0: oh man and and still play and still and still compose
1: Still, yeah, all
0: those things. And you've got a new record. I do, I do.
1: I'm really, really excited about this. I was just uh, writing a little bit about it this morning, thinking about how long it's been in, uh, you know, working on this music, hoping to do a recording with it. Uh So, yeah, it's been, I mean, MJ New got together 10 years ago.
0: Wow. Ten years? Yeah,
1: 2013 was our first gig. Wow. And it's funny, it was going to be a one-off gig, tribute to huh. the Modern Jazz Quartet yeah. for uh, for the PDX Jazz. But uh-huh. just fell in love with the music, and the band just clicked, and we're like, you know, we should keep doing this. And so, you know, we did. Kept on <laughs> huh. doing it, and writing, and performing, and finally, after all this time, first album.
0: And the name of it is?
1: Our Mr. Jackson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, Bittersweet. Uh, Oof, i know. Not a lot of sweet. I mean, it's 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 a really wonderful to oh, yeah. to have it out. But yeah. you know, every single. I mean, if you see the cover of it, you know, yeah. it's a it's a beautiful portrait of our our, our, our friend and and bandmate and yep. you know the one of the rocks of this of this town for yep. so many years, Carlton yep. Jackson. That was
0: rough. Yeah, still rough.
1: It is. It is still you know? still miss him. Still miss his presence.
0: in All so the many time. Ways. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. You know he he. Uh, uh, he he, uh, w- when um. When they uh, changed the schedule around a little bit on KMHD, they they they. I, I was honored to be to. They repeat my Friday show on on Sunday night after mm-hmm. Carlton's. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was oh man that just yeah. that hit me that really hit me. Yeah. That's that's I think it's an honor actually. Yeah. The message. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh yeah. boy, that's that's that's. It, geez, it just come back, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 well I mean I The emotions know, come back, I mean uh, yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, hear, you know, hearing him play I mean, you know, listening to the record and remembering Oh God, yeah You know, all, yeah. all the music, all the conversations All the, yeah. you know, just who he was yeah. yeah,
0: he would call me up and request stuff <laughs> You know who he loved? He loved the Detroit Emeralds Wow. Okay.
1: I I have no, I'm not surprised. You know, when I, um, when I moved here, uh, and this was in 97 and Mm -hmm. I had done, you know, some records in New York, but, uh, my very first record, like with a band of my own Uh was this band called Current Events. Uh And I moved here and Carlton Jackson was like, I have your record. (laughs) Whoa! I was like, "Come on!" He like knew the tune names. He was like, he listened to it. I was like, "Wow! This is you know, it's not like it was the greatest hit of 1989, (laughs) but just the fact that he was aware of it always, always made such an impression on me that he just loved music so much. Yes, and he was just an encyclopedia of of all kinds of all kinds, all styles, all kinds, and all
0: kinds of people too. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. yeah. Yeah. Well, but he's not the only Jackson. No, well, I mean,
1: I just thought we, you know, it just so happened that this record coming out is, you know, near the 100th anniversary of, of uh, the birth of the great Mill Jackson, mm-hmm. vibraphonist for the Modern Jazz Quartet, and I thought, you know, it's interesting that they had a Jackson and we had a Jackson, and I just I just thought it would be a, mm-hmm. an interesting thing to, to draw attention to, and, mm-hmm. and uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, th- so much of the... So much of the sound of the MJQ was, um, you know, Milt Jackson. And, but mm-hmm. also, not just Milt Jackson, but Milt, Jackson, Milt Jackson's individuality and personality yeah. in sort of, I'm going to say, contrast or in counterpoint. That's probably the best mm-hmm. thing. To John Lewis yes. and uh, you know, Percy Heath. Who
0: is general. N- I have seen him in lots of places credited, John Lewis, credit for being the leader
1: yeah, but not the founder.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: not the person who started it. It was the Mill Jackson Quartet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. MJQ. <laughs> Before it was the Modern Jazz Quartet. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: I, I, I wish I could have heard some, being a fl- bit of a fly on the wall for some of those conversations between John Lewis and Mill Jackson.
1: I would imagine I mean but you you are right because every time you listen yes. to the music <laughs> yes. you're hearing those conversations <laughs> Absolutely. you know and right. I, I feel like that that tension between the the soulful vernacular right. I've actually got I'm actually working on a, a piece like writing uh, like a piece of writing mm-hmm. um, that really kind of digs into that very interesting contrast between you know John Lewis coming from this sort of Western European classical training and tradition Mm -hmm. and a love of Bach and all that and Milt Jackson kind of coming from with every bit the same amount of like you know artistry integrity virtuosity Uh you know um, coming from this sort of black vernacular music tradition Uh um, and how those two things are sort of rubbing up they rub up against each other yes and for me in academia it's really interesting to look at the canon that we teach and the way that we teach and the approach Uh um, that we've sort of adopted to assimilate jazz into the academy Uh and the people, the streams, the music that didn't make it into the academy. You know uh-huh. what I mean, and how, uh-huh. and I think about Milt Jackson as being one of those really interesting figures. Like uh-huh. everybody uh-huh. it's like he's you know you talk about vibraphone players, it's like right. ten nine eight seven six five four three two Milt Jackson, Milt Jackson, right? <laughs> Every single right, time. Right, right. But how is it that his particular sort of art brand of artistry and uh-huh. his essence is not necessarily what we are like sort of expounding as uh-huh. the ideal um, for yeah. vibes players for yeah, sure, yeah. but you know not in general.
0: But when you get those two forces rubbing up against each other that's how pearls are made yeah
1: yeah yeah, i guess you could say that i guess you could say that um and i it's not that you know it's not that there's not great music that embraces all of those things but Mm i'm i'm sort of looking at it from the standpoint of the music that we the music that is sort of remembered and placed into you know the canon not so much the older early music like the 1920s 1930s there wasn't anything else right i mean right. jazz was a vernacular folk yes. dance music was. that's what it was right. but when the ch- change came mm-hmm. it's like that music we we all of us, I think, the pr- practitioners—or not just to all of us—but um, you know, the music became sort of lauded as this art form yeah. um, for very good reason. You know, the desire to get respect, the desire to use this incredible creation that African Americans had made um, to to sort of advocate for mm-hmm. the contribution that we deserve to be recognized for in all aspects of American life. Absolutely. And so jazz became the sort of the the, the tip of the spear. Yeah. I think for respect, mm-hmm. but that was not without some sacrifice. Sure, that like was not money, without some well money too. <laughs> but the the idea of what you know some of some of what was lost in translation, I feel like we we need we it's like we need to get back. You know,
0: how do you do that?
1: Well, I mean, I think for me, it's about. Um, first of all recognizing it Mm -hmm. and second of all just like like questioning it right like like where are i'm i think one of the things that happened in the past few years after you know the pandemic and Mm -hmm. uh, black lives matter movement and this sort of um this idea of representation of you know black black people in in america contribution to you know american history and sort Mm -hmm. of telling these honest stories telling the truth about american history rethinking american history um is that um, we're starting to look at the qualities of blackness as values in and of themselves not mm-hmm. in con- not in contrast mm-hmm. to you know whiteness not right. in contrast to right. you know the dominant culture but just as values in themselves mm-hmm. as a wh- whole and i think part of it is that and not just that i mean all not just black values but all by you know, BIPOC cultural values from mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter if it's Latino, Latinx, mm-hmm. or you know, Asian American, like mm-hmm. these these or Asian Asian cultural values that we're starting to see that that why is it that we are not placing these on an equal footing mm-hmm. with all the values of the the dominant culture, and as we start mm-hmm. to raise them up, we start to look at the essence of those values, the mm-hmm. things that are not sort of translatable into terms of European culture but just have to be held in themselves so Mm -hmm. question we ask ourselves is like why are we not why does every student in a music school in America not required to improvise right why why not right Right. why do we teach harmony um, with so much more thoroughness and emphasis than Mm -hmm. we do rhythm Mm
0: -hmm.
1: should everyone have to be able to like should everyone study dance should everyone be able to move their body Mm -hmm. in a rhythmic and expressive way as you know a pre or you know at least concurrent not prerequisite but Mm -hmm. as a as a tool in being able to make effective music like why why do we not put these things on equal footing and so Mm -hmm. that i think that's the first question is asking those in the first thing thing is asking those questions
0: so how do you put that in your syllabus
1: you put it in yeah i mean you cut something else out and that's that's the challenge it's like okay we're not going to do this we're gonna uh-huh. do this instead. Yeah. You know, we're gonna. We yeah. are all going to learn the clave. We are all going uh-huh. to study. You know, uh-huh. and it's not just. I mean, I think that you know, even from for me, it's not just um, the African American jazz tradition, but you know, jazz improvisation is only one of a world of you know improvisatory musical expressions. Sure. So w- why don't we learn about the rest of them? Why don't we learn about you know Indian? You know. Like East Indian, you know, music and improvisation in that tradition. Why Mm -hmm. don't we learn about, you know, other just so it's a it's it's really asking the questions. And then you start to get to this point where you realize, well, in order to move this around, you're going to have to break some of the structures. Yeah. And, you know, we're and that's where it gets difficult. It's like, you know, we're a college we confer degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go messing everything up and moving everything around, yeah. what is that degree going to mean? How do you, yeah. you know, how do you standardize it? How do you sell it? You know, yeah. how do you package it? How do you yeah. do it in 4 years? When you sort of have to come to the realization it's like, oh, you can't actually do it in four years you can't teach mastery in four years yeah well then how do you put a price on that how do you keep charging people for it if you're not you know what I mean uh, yeah. all those sort of structural questions start uh-huh. to come up uh-huh. so I think part of it is just being open to exploring and and asking those questions and trying experimenting trying things uh-huh. you know so <laughs> be like uh, be like Wayne Shorter
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, you know, uh, John McLaughlin was just in town with Shakti. There's mm. there's a multi culty for you. Mm. I mean, Don Cherry, Mr. Multi culty himself. Oh, man,
1: oh man! And just, but I mean, I the thing, the thing that I didn't realize as a younger person is that you can't like you don't get to be Don Cherry from the outside in. No, like Don Cherry is Don Cherry yes. from the inside out. And even yes. now, I'm yes. still I'm still coming to a, a realization about. About that, you know, um, mm-hmm. I was just just doing some writing the other day and thinking about how I—I um, I mean, this is—it seems a little random, but what I realized is that I can remember the covers of Dan Siegel's record, really, of Jeff Lorber's record, huh, and of Tom Grant's records, huh, from when I was a teenager, really. So maybe it's not a coincidence that I live in Portland. Right. I mean, I'm grew up in Denver, Colorado. Why, how yeah. is it that 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 sort of like that Oregon piano tradition. That's crazy. Like yeah, on yeah. Inner City Records. Yeah. How is it that that translated to me? Uh-huh. Somehow amidst uh-huh. and even, you know, amidst all the other the Bill Evans and the Herbie Hancocks and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And I I kind of realized that that I always thought that you got to be great by finding some great ideal and then pursuing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of rethinking now and thinking, no, it's really more like like fractalism, right? Uh-huh. It's like you find the crystal of greatness that is you, yeah, and you just keep – that becomes amplified, uh-huh. right? So uh-huh. rather than trying to be something that you're not, that, pe- that people consider great, it's like just be yourself, but be yeah. yourself more and over and over. And yes. it's like that's how you get to be Herbie. That's how you get to be Prince. It's like they weren't somebody. They were just – the most themselves
0: well how did you find your voice
1: because
0: that's what we're talking about
1: yeah it, it is and I, I think i'm still i'm still finding it Well, i, I think, hope so i think for me it, <laughs> it 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 came despite my intentions like i was aiming i mean i was uh-huh. like i was a i love my first sort of musical loves and sort of jazz piano were like joe sample mm-hmm. and ramsey lewis mm-hmm. and you know rodney franklin and patrice mm. russian mm-hmm. and from them i it's like oh patrice sounds like herbie oh herbie <laughs> hancock wow check that wow, out and then yeah. and it's like you know walking into the used record store at 15 and yeah. getting this old thick piece of vinyl in this 1950s thing <laughs> finger popping the horace silver quintet like this is 75 cents <laughs> this can't be bad put that on and i was like yeah. <laughs> my brain just i'm mean, literally I don't know if you know the song, Juicy Lucy, uh-huh. and it's Junior Cook and Blue Mitchell and, oh, and um, Gene Taylor and, yeah. or, and Horace Silver and Lewis Hayes at like 20 years old, Lewis Hayes. and I put that on and I remember, I still remember running upstairs to so a record player was in the basement. I run upstairs <laughs> to my mother's like, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. I don't even know. You got to hear this. Like, <laughs> so I was so excited that swing. What did that, she say? She's just like, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Has she heard it before? No. Oh, I mean, okay. she wasn't a jazz fan. Yeah, I right. was just, I was just yeah. like, my mind was just blown by that, that, that spirit, that rhythm, that sure. soulfulness, that yeah, all that. Yeah. So, you know, that those things, trying to do those things, learning those Horace Silver solos, learning the Herbie mm-hmm. Hancock solos, mm-hmm. but also writing. I think, you know, another thing that, I grew up in Denver suburb of Denver, Colorado mm-hmm. in Lakewood and Denver and was, i think in a in an interesting way to portland like as a local scene um people would play a lot of their own music mm-hmm. so when i would go you know i'd s- go sneak into jazz clubs you know standing by the cigarette machine i would yeah. hear bands like they play a tune they play all the things you are and then they play yeah. four songs of their own right and then they play right. you know like you know janine and then they'll play yeah. and i didn't know the difference i didn't know what was what i was like i like that i like that i like that and then so the idea that you would write your own music mm. as a jazz musician was just i just thought well that's what you do you just you uh-huh. get a bunch of people you write a bunch of music and you put a band together yeah. and i didn't realize that was a regional thing when i when i moved to the east coast to go to school and everybody's like got a real book and they're playing tunes i'm like what what are you doing <laughs> this is not we're, who's writing we need to write we need to like this should be playing our music we should be like you know yeah. doing making our sound yeah. and i didn't realize that that was, you know, a part of what became my desire. So when I moved yeah. to New York, I was like, well, yeah. I'm starting a band, you know, I'm going to make <laughs> records with my band and compose, you know, that was, so all of that, you know, but at the same time, I'm still like, I really wish I sounded more like Herbie. <laughs> 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 I really don't. And having to really come to terms with, well, this is what I sound like. These are the influences. This is the who I
0: am. Did, did you have a, did you have an electronic funky period like he did?
1: I have never not had an electronic funky period. Okay. I mean, I've all I've been, right. I i i can not say that I did as much with it, but yeah. that band. I mean, so my thought, naively as a 24 year old <laughs> moving to New York, is like, well, I'm just going to put all this music on the same record. So <laughs> that record that I was telling you about with Carlton, that yeah. Current Events record. Yeah. I mean, we played a cover of Blue and Green. Really? My guitarist Rick Molina with this beautiful like Brazilian you uh-huh. know thing. Uh-huh. I played straight ahead stuff. I wrote like funk weather report kind of stuff. Really. Groove, like I had like Mark Ledford singing on my, like this, you know, early hip hop because this would be in 1989. Sure. So it was like, you know, sure. groove based stuff all in one record thinking that's, that's what you're supposed to do. And the record company coming to like, what? <laughs> what, what are you supposed to do with this? What do you think we're going to do with this? Like, I don't know sell it put it on the radio uh you know so i i had always thought uh, all no it's got it
0: has to have a niche well it needs a niche yeah and so so what's
1: interesting is you know i i really thought that that was going to work and so you know i did that and i was like came to them with the second record of more of the same and they're like yeah we're not really feeling that second record thanks very much and i was like i was crushed I was of like, course. I thought this, I had worked all my life to be able to bring all these strands together mm-hmm. to actually make music this way. And so, you know, at that point, it's really weird. I kind of backed off and I was like, oh, OK, all right. I'm going to make a jazz record. OK. <laughs> so I just basically wrote a jazz record in my head and it was black yeah. art. Really? And I was like, OK, wow. so I, I know. how. OK, a jazz record. Yeah. Oh, I'll do that. <laughs> So I wrote it. Right. You know, top 10 jazz records of 1994 New York Times. It's like, okay, so I can write a jazz record. Wasn't (laughs) was it really me? Yeah. You know, yes, it was a part of me. It was me sort of basically excising everything that wasn't going to be successful in the genre. right? And then so once you do that, then it's like, well, what you can do next? right it's like you've set a path it's like everybody's like whoa daryl grant next you know young lions a bebop player It's like wow Uh you have no idea all the stuff that i left off the table Uh to make this Uh record Uh so Uh you know it took a while to sort of find my way back to being able to sort of say Uh this is more me this is more parts of me Uh um in one record and so for a while i became like a project guy it's like i have my you know my straight ahead quintet and then i have my like trio and then i have my solo project i have my electric project yeah. i have my this project that project and so i think it's really been even fairly recently like in the past you know in 2004 when my son was born i was mm-hmm. really eager to make a, a record that he would be a document that if i died he'd be like who was my dad yeah and i was like he could listen to that record and yeah. That would answer his questions. That was pretty naive too, but wow. but I did try to make that record, and that was I feel like a more successful version of the mm-hmm. record I had tried to make, mm-hmm. you know, 16 years wow. earlier as a 20-something. But <laughs> anyway, so I'm still I'm still trying to find that you know that that voice that's more a more complete statement of who I am.
0: Yeah, yeah, I understand. So let's talk a little, little bit more about uh, this, this this ensemble for this record. Mm. Tell me about it. Well, and, let's see. And my how, team, and, my team. And, aren't aren't there more bass players named Marcus than any other name? <laughs> <laughs> could be. There's definitely some. It's like some. a defensive back. Um uh, you know I mean? kind of, kind of. <laughs> um,
1: Yeah. Well, let me talk about the original personnel. So, I mean... Okay. Uh, so, obviously, we talked about Carlton Jackson mm-hmm. on the drums. Yes. And, you know, I really... I knew him, there was no other choice. Like, I needed the most tasteful drummer I could find. Mm-hmm. Swing in, tip in, tasteful... Who could read? Who would be absolutely willing to deal with like sort of classical counterpoint, mm-hmm. and when came time to just do the clack two and four, you know, yeah. like chop some wood, could yeah. do that. Carlton yeah. was that person, and so we we often talk about how he was really the glue that held this this band together. You know, yeah. didn't say much, but he he he, and plus he loved Connie Kay. He's like he went out and bought the finger cymbals to that, play with. I mean, he was wow. like so he was totally down and. Huh. And uh, my course fall, the vibraphonist is like, I mean, Mike's been loving Milt Jackson since he started playing the vibes. It was actually, he he talked to me even like maybe five, six years before we started this band, Mm -hmm. wanting to know if I'd be interested in doing an MJQ project someday. Um, And so I was like, yeah, among other things, I wouldn't mind doing that. So he was obviously, you know, the person to call for that because he Mm -hmm. studied so much Milt and just play, you know, just really masterful and i just i just love his playing on the mm-hmm. record mm-hmm. and also you know it's like trained he's a pianist he understands mm-hmm. like the counterpoint the whole classical thing he had that he could had a conception for all, for all of that mm-hmm. um and then on bass uh i guess we call him the 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 power forward <laughs> <laughs> uh mark shelby from uh, from san francisco bay area and, uh-huh. and it's like i kind of feel like like and to, to my mind, Marcus is like the Mel Brown of San Francisco. I mean, really? He is, he is literally, he is everywhere doing uh, everything. I mean, uh, band leader, uh-huh. arts commissioner, uh-huh. you know, artistic director of music festivals, composer, you know, works with um, Anna DeVere Smith. I mean, it's like, yeah. and, and then he was, and plus, then I didn't even know until later that he was the bassist in Black Note. Which was really? like this, yeah, this quintet. Wow. Like when I when <laughs> I was just getting signed, like in yeah. the late eighties, yeah. they were the they were the bomb, man. Him, yeah, Willie yeah. Jones the third. That mm-hmm. band was mm-hmm. ridiculous. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I heard you when you were twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so and it it just it really just meshed that group, and um, and we we just had such a good time communicating and working on the music mm-hmm. and and uh, and just played as.
0: It. How it's did the sessions good. go down? These, these sessions yeah
1: so well what happened was we had we'd just finished a tour uh, mm-hmm. so it was like maybe October 2018 I think mm-hmm. just finished a tour and we're like okay we're ready we're ripe so we went into Randy Porter's um, studio because you know Randy's got the piano and yes. and, uh, and so we did I think two days two days of recording and just wow. you know we sh- we were sharp and the music because we've been playing it for like two weeks sure um and uh and we just laid the stuff down and plus we'd been it, it was our original repertoire so it's things that we had been playing for a while so uh-huh. then it was just really about getting comfortable in the studio and just just laying him down and so i think uh-huh. you can really hear that on the record this like sort of years of communication and oh yeah and, uh, you know yeah. how we in, interact with each other so yeah so we did that um and then uh the pandemic happened yes <laughs> and we're like yeah. <laughs> and then Carlton passed away. Yes. And so we're like, do we have a band? Do we want to keep this band? Mm -hmm. Should we keep going with this? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But you know, we 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 had this record, and we you know, we just thought, well, why not? Let's let's try. Let's try keep going. So we so we made that decision, and then went back in um, to Randy's, uh, mixed the rest record. Mm -hmm. Um, Randy mixed it, and then we had um, uh, Dana White. Um, master it and Uh so it was done and and we're like okay so let's we've got we finally got this document let's take some time and and uh, and and put it out so we're Uh we're finally Uh getting to
0: so are are you're the leader yes
1: okay i am the band leader of mj new i guess we've been we've been calling it mj new just and just for the sake of the digital music platforms Uh and the unity of the digital music platforms we're calling it daryl grant's mj new because uh-huh. then people can find it somewhere rather yes. than just like what what are yeah. they looking for it's just standing yeah. on its own so it has to be grouped right. together with everything right. else that, uh, yeah. Yeah. that I do so so um how
0: did uh, um how did the selection of the tunes go down
1: mm. well you know some of the stuff uh was were things that actually
0: I mean, you gotta have bags groove, we know that. Well, yeah, I mean, so
1: when we did that first tribute, like in 2013, Uh we're like, okay, the reason I don't like tributes is because they so rarely go, Yes. because A, because they're one-offs oftentimes, and B, because they so rarely go beyond the hits. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, I really want to see, like, what's there. I want to listen. So I remember remember the day that Uh I went through on Spotify and I put every single modern jazz quartet record I could find on a playlist. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to listen to this stuff. I'm going to go through it all. I'm going to (laughs) figure out what we like to play. And so we found, you know, some really cool and obscure things and then some standard things. And then also I was like, we are writers. I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. I want to. I want to try my hand at this. Yeah. At what you know John Lewis is doing. So partly it was picking the things that we really loved. You know uh, Versailles uh, from the MJQ yeah. and uh, Concord. Is yeah. another thing that they they did that we've played and you know Golden strike. I mean, we had these mm-hmm. we had these pieces, but over the years, then we started adding our own takes to it. So the very first mm-hmm. thing we did was this uh, this thing I called Viennese Affair, uh-huh. which was basically just me taking Minority Gigi Grice Minority, one of my favorite set of changes, yeah. and then finding a way to put like Beethoven over it <laughs> and for a lease. And I was like, oh, and then trying to use that what John Lewis's inspiration of everybody playing counterpoint all these lines weaving in together Mm -hmm. and around so we did that with that and then I was like wow we're gonna play Beethoven what about Schubert I have this beautiful (laughs) Schubert string quartet that I've loved since I was a kid I I bet we could do that I bet Mike would sound great on that so you know so there's that and then there's the classic standards Um, we did uh, uh, Surrey with the French on top which is one Uh of my, my favorites but again sort of opening it up in that same way that the mjq did that john lewis did for these different contrasting sections and counterpoint sections and things like that so over the course of time we just kind of put this repertoire repertoire together that felt that felt really good that felt like it really mm-hmm. expressed mm-hmm. us
0: huh. but honored mjq
1: yeah i mean that was the original Im- inspiration yeah. and it still is this you know yeah. this idea of how do you have a real chamber music group where the interaction is like conversation yeah, and yeah. it's super democratic and you don't have people sticking in just one role. Right. I mean, you right. know, Marcus would be walking and just, you know, tearing it up. And there's definitely swing. But there's also these other places where we're sort of, you know, independently playing these
0: voices. Yeah. Well, as a listener, the thing that I, that and, and, and I think that, that you really captured was the thing that they had which was okay I might not understand anything musically about what you're doing about counterpoint or anything else like that but what comes through in the music is is a sense of intellect and peace hmm you know cool. and when i listen to when i listen to this the, to yours I I I you captured that. That was it. I mean, that cool. was it was it was so familiar but experimental in its own way. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And um it's terrific. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. i um, yeah.
1: I feel I feel good about it. I mean, I know when they talk about the MJQ, they often talk about restraint. Yes. Um but when, but, I, but when I yes. listen to that mm-hmm. and then try and play that, I was like, no, I think maybe the better word is contained, uh-huh. channeled uh-huh. energy. Because, uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. it's hard to swing like John Lewis. I mean, I literally, <laughs> I've been trying for 10 years. It's like just that soul zen, but uh-huh. swinging. It's uh-huh. like, you know, uh-huh. no comping one line. I was like, whoa. That's, yeah. you know, and, then, and uh-huh. then just, you know, when you really listen to Percy Heath's bass lines, ah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> People, not everybody can play that stuff. I mean, not, yeah, you know, that yeah, stuff is—it's yeah. wild. Did so you I, did you, you know, ever
0: see them? I never saw them live. Oh. I've seen videos,
1: but I never got to see them.
0: I got I got to see them. Oh, that, that it was would, amazing. It would have been cool. A club in in DC one time. Yeah, yeah. like Bohem- uh, uh, Bohemian Caverns or something. No, like. it wasn't that. It was at the other one uh, uh, down by the, the little creek there in Georgetown. Uh-huh. Oh well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, and I and I <laughs> think
1: that's just again, it's just the melding of those personalities yeah. all together. And yeah. I think that yeah. you know, if we tried to make this record after year one, we couldn't have done it because you know we because now in when we did it, you know, it was really we had had time to learn each other <laughs> and know each other and have all the inside jokes and all the you know all yeah. the things that you need to have to yeah. really be comfortable in communicating that yeah. on that level.
0: So who's who's behind the drum kit in 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 this ensemble?
1: Well, so so when we decided to continue um, uh, and you know not just make the rec- put the record out but keep playing, um, I remembered that a really good friend of mine. Who I did a lot of playing with in the '90s, the drummer Cecil Brooks mm-hmm. had moved to LA, uh-huh. um, and because you know, I mean, we already got one person that's you know, we were, just had to be a West Coast band. I yeah. mean, it's like there's no you know, it's just, right. we would never play if we yes. had to skip time zones <laughs> to get to get to the gigs. Um, so uh, so I was like, Cecil is here, and Cecil, I mean, we you know, we made records together, we made mm-hmm. Twilight Stories together. He like. I mean, you know, we we played on the road all over the states and Europe together and so I called called him up. I said, "Are you are you available? Are you interested?" And he's like, "Absolutely." So, oh. he uh so he's been um, been playing with us for the past year and he'll be on this uh, the CD release concert that we're uh-huh. doing and and it's been great because again, much like Carlton, it's like so grounded. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, has played all kinds of different music, appreciates all different kinds of music, has produced Ridiculous amounts of records uh-huh. of, of different, you know, <laughs> yeah. people from, you know, uh, Jimmy Ponder and you know, uh-huh. uh, all just uh-huh. a ton of records. Russell, Russell Gunn, I mean, just yeah. so many records. Yeah. So a real great musical mind, but also just steeped in the pocket i mean and it's uh, funny you know you i sit and yeah. i look over at the drums and i see cecil He's almost like leaning back it's like <laughs> it's like one <laughs> hand on the steering wheel and just like oh we're about to swing now i <laughs> feel, feel it coming he's just like and he doesn't move a lot doesn't you know you know it doesn't change but yeah. whoa mm-hmm. you know and plus you know he's got all that that energy uh, as well yeah
0: yeah carlton didn't do a lot of moving around.
1: Nope, nope, nope. Ah. He, didn't, he didn't. But he could make sound.
0: I yes. Mean, he could, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Very. Yeah. yeah definitely. So, <laughs> so yeah,
1: it's been a, it's been nice. It's been and you know because Cecil and I have such a history, and you know he's and he gets along with. I mean, he's just such a likable person. Everybody's like you know it feels like family. So mm-hmm. that's that feels really
0: nice to have. Are him. you going to play the uh, the tunes on the album? or Are you going to branch out a little bit?
1: Uh, for we the, uh, over for the past year that we've been playing, we've actually. Yeah. Gotten like a, almost another records worth of new repertoire, wow. but um this album release, we're gonna play the al- we're gonna play the album. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, That's the, that's yeah. the goal. I mean, I think that's yeah. what we we want people to hear. We want to celebrate and yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So,
0: yeah. That's great. Yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah, oh.
1: and we'll also have a little bit. I'm hoping we'll have a little bit of a program before the before the performance where we have some people speak about about Carlton and share some memories of yes. him. And, yeah, nice. so it's kind of I mean it's not gonna be it's not like a community celebration, but it'll I be understand. It'll be a, a Which unfortunately for us to, he never had.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well yeah, it's, hopefully, it's a long story, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hopefully at some point that will still happen, but yeah, it didn't it didn't we didn't get that opportunity.
0: Well everybody still misses him. Yeah, for sure. And would welcome one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well and, hopefully uh, hopefully we will. Well, who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what else you got going on?
1: let's <laughs> uh, see what day is it uh <laughs> what you working on um well i'm doing a lot of writing uh i've been doing a lot of composing in the past f- few years just different you know different mm-hmm. commissions and so one of the projects i'm working on is is getting that music a bunch of the music that i've written for various things you know my territory suite my mm-hmm. r- ruby bridges suite yep. um the Where's opera yes. just getting that stuff prepared for publication mm-hmm. which I gotta say, it's not my jam. Like writing it in the first place was oh. awesome, but yeah. fixing it, like sort of getting it all, like you know, everything like dotted <laughs> for you know, for uh, for the copyist is yeah. uh, for for engraving is not not my jam. But uh-huh. I but I really I would like to have that music out there for other people to uh-huh. know and read. Uh-huh. Um, next week after this um, performance here in Portland, I'm flying out to to Chicago. To uh, do a a project um, for a play along record, I'm actually going to have a Chicago band of Chicago musicians, um, and we're going to play, you know, eight, nine of my songs, Um, but in a sort of in a structural like music minus one format. Uh, Yeah, I just have always wanted to try that, and so um, so explain that for people who don't know what it is. Oh yeah, well so um, jazz education was uh, changed irrevocably by um, this educator named Jamie Mm Abersalt, who he didn't invent it, but he popularized the play along record, which was basically mm-hmm. you'd have a rhythm section playing yeah. on a record, yeah. um, and then or a CD. And then people that were trying to learn those songs could mm-hmm. play along with a professional rhythm section. So yeah. you're 13 yeah. and yeah. you're playing with Ben Riley, Ron Carter, <laughs> and Kenny Barron, <laughs> <laughs> which is like it's a good way to get better. Yeah. If you live in like you know, form, if you, you can, live in Cottage Grove Oregon yeah, really. or something, it's a form of karaoke. It's kind of, but it's but you're but you're also being sort of. Yes. So the the downside, of course, is that they are not interacting with you, right. and that's part <laughs> of it. But the, the but the upside is they are swinging like crazy, and you get yeah. to learn what it feels like. To to be yeah. in that environment, and so wow. um, that has continued that sort of tradition of play along records, and then it you know it, it, with the internet all those things you know put online, and then with you know sort of digitization and computers, there are now software that you can do that machines will <laughs> play uh-huh. the tracks for you, and you know uh-huh. so there's all those things, and I wanted to do something that was more. Um, of the along the old school line so we will we'll make these tracks and we'll play the rhythm section we'll play but i also have two horn players uh-huh. and the goal is that uh, three horn players actually no two mm-hmm. horn players uh-huh. and the goal is that they will improvise solos over uh-huh. the music uh-huh. and then i'll transcribe those solos uh-huh. and so students in addition to playing with the rhythm section they can also learn those solos so they hear what uh-huh. professional musicians would play over yeah. this as yeah. a you know sort of yeah. choices and gotcha. i'm hoping that they'll do like a like an easy solo uh-huh. and then an intermediate. They don't need to do the hard stuff. People can transcribe their records yeah. if they want the hardest stuff. But uh-huh. so students can get a sense of progression of, of uh-huh. vocabulary. Uh-huh. And then I'm also going to have them speak about, like interview them on video so they can talk about what they played. So it's really just uh-huh. kind of an instructional uh-huh. um, package that I'll be working on.
0: When did you first discover the joys of playing music with others? Hmm... Well,
1: I mean, I I grew up in a musical family. I okay. guess you could say. I mean, my mother was well, a there singer. You. There you go. Um, so yeah. we we played family concerts. We had a, like okay. a little family radio show right. when I was a little kid. So okay. I mean, uh, I you know I always played with. You others. always did. And yeah. the thing was, as a pianist classical pianist you only play by yourself and which is one of the reasons why i'm not a classical pianist because i'm like i'm really tired of this i want to be on stage with other people if i had known when i was a kid yeah. that there was such a thing of chamber music uh-huh. i might still be playing classical i might be a classical musician now wow but, but i didn't know about it i thought if you play classical you play by yourself but you play jazz you play with other people i'd choose that <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah. well you don't you have kind of a, a chamber music side to you I love chamber music. Yeah. I mean, I
1: really do. I mean, yeah. uh, when I went to college was really when, I, when I really discovered it. I was like, heard string quartet. I mean, yeah. live. I mean, I, you know, yeah. you hear records. But when you but I s- mean, in your music. On my music? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, I right. Mean, yeah, I mean, it, I think, well, <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of my, the past... 10 15 years of my life have really been invested in chamber music yeah um from you know from the legitimate I mean just serving on the board of the national chamber music organization chamber music america and you know sort of being involved with it but the thing I always loved about it is the intimacy of communication I mean
0: Mm -hmm. a
1: jazz quintet is fantastic and democratic and you know how everybody communicates with each other but a string quartet has to breathe together yeah like they have to feel like the hairs on your arms have to stand up in the same like that that level of focus on playing together and intimacy i really love that and i like and you know bill evans trio is the same it's just Mm -hmm. it's quiet it's music that you know is at a scale that it can be listened to in a small room Mm -hmm. and so therefore every the level of listening gets to be that so i i've always loved that and this sort of interaction and weaving Mm -hmm. and interplay.
0: I'll never forget I was a uh, I was in my in my early 20s, I was a i had hair down to my ass. <laughs> and all of a sudden I heard Tashi. Tashi. That was a that was a chamber a chamber okay. uh, ensemble back then. Uh-huh. And which actually sold some records. Wow, interesting. I know, yeah. Cool. Uh and I went, "Oh my god. What is this?" Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean it's fascinating and there's so much and I mean I think what's interesting is that now just on the sort of music scene I mm-hmm. mean there was a period um when chamber, when jazz was not considered chamber music when jazz was not right. welcome right. um you know back in the early 90s and Ish. then that sort of changed through the efforts of some people and the and the sort of good thinking of some people and and they and they're like no actually jazz is a, f- a form of chamber music and now yeah. Yeah. i feel like chamber music the idea of chamber music is being stretched even more it's mm-hmm. like on you know mm-hmm. it's like you know east indian music yes. this chamber music you know I yeah. mean, all this yeah. all these things it's the spirit of you know sort of making music together yeah. in small ensemble yeah. um in in you know sort of in a very yeah. intimate way
0: and that 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 led me to um uh Cecil Taylor mm-hmm. and people like that yeah you know
1: yeah and i mean you know I would, and of I would, course sanra ah of <laughs> course i was just talking to somebody about that the other day that sanra. They was they were they were just like I, I overheard a conversation between yeah. like two non-musician, twenty-something people. Uh-huh. and Somebody was trying to explain Sun uh-huh. Ra. To
0: somebody.
1: <laughs> Not a musician, just somebody who's like, I heard, I saw this video of this guy, and he wears this <laughs> turban, and he he's like, he's from space, and he was like, you know, the first black futurist. And I, I interviewed like, him once.
0: Did you really? Yes, I did. Oh wow! Told me he was from the planet Zyracon and I believed every word he said. You know, I mean. <laughs> thank Thank goodness for him, man. I was Come back and I was I was I was right there in line with them when they were when they were walking around the ballroom doing their little jump and singing uh-huh. "Spaces the Place." Yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> yeah, nothing like it. Yeah. It's when a, there was there's a a really really fine um, boogie woogie piano player named David Vest he lived here for a while. It was Paul Delay's last piano player. Wow. He lives up in Victoria now, and for a while this is hilarious. After Paul died. Um, there was a concert, you know, that the Blue the Blues Society or somebody threw as a, as a benefit for a scholarship fund for, for, for Paul. And David, who, is, who was in his 60s at that point uh, and had been a boogie-woogie piano player from Alabama on to Houston to ever and, and he was like, and just, just virtuoso boogie-woogie. And suddenly he got into Sunrock. And here was this audience at the Aladdin full. The, the Aladdin was full of blue society people, right, <laughs> who don't know about Sun Ra, and he had decided that he was going to have his band play some Sun Ra tunes, mm. and it was his regular band, you know, wow. Dave 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 Call and and, wow. and all those kind of people, okay. and and uh, Dan Fincher I think was the sax player, and uh, and, and, and and anyway and i wish you could have seen the look on the, the audience face because he doubt. they he came out and they played he played you know this regular blues and boogie-woogie stuff for a while people were all hot hot for it and everything and it was great but all of a sudden then he started playing the sunrise stuff
1: <laughs> and they're just you
0: like yelling they just, yeah. they just no they just had what is this what's going on here wow. <laughs> am i, am I on, did somebody did somebody dose me am i on drugs <laughs> you know and then and then it became sort of a regular. And he he actually invited me up a few times mm. when he was playing Duff's Duff's Garage or places mm. like that to read Sun Ra al- poetry nice. along with the band.
1: That's cool. That's it was really, really cool. fun. It's really cool when people uh, get touched by something and just like a matter of fact, turn to this around. day
0: on my email I have a little little slogan that he said: "It ain't necessarily so," that it ain't necessarily so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is. A really good, you know, s- s- explanation for what Sonrod did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. Oh man. Well, listen, it's been great seeing you. Yeah. Thank uh, you for thank you for you know, having bet, me on here. Best of luck with this this, this album and all thanks, the subsequent thanks. albums to follow. And That's cool. Hope you sell out the concert and.
1: Uh, Looking forward to it. Looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah. So, are you gonna announce that? Uh, I mean, you'll you'll put some back in on that on the concert.
0: Oh yeah, the, sure, sure, sure. So. Yeah, it'll, it'll be on page. I don't the page. need to talk about that. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be on the page along with okay, great. your uh, you know your site and everything great. else. That's that's pertinent. Cool. Well, all right. As all we right, like sir. to as we like to say at the at the, at the end of these things, that's entertainment.
1: <laughs> you like to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to say that. <laughs>